0: That, not being able to see every little thing, but being able to see enough different things to piece together a picture is very, very analogous to the way that Tesla Q views Tesla as a company and Elon Musk as a CEO. The TeslaQ podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the TeslaQ podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of the this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 27 of the Tesla 2 Podcast. This episode is titled, The F Word. No, not that F Word. The F Word I'm talking about is fraud. Um, there are no, not really any clearly proven instances of fraud other than the August 7th, thousand eighteen thinking of taking Tesla private at $420 a share, funding secured, other than that fraud, which there was a settlement that uh, Elon agreed to that said that he could not deny that he had committed securities fraud. So that one, there are many others that are merely suspected. Uh, before I get into the actual episode, I'd like to remind everyone that if you'd like to contribute to the podcast, can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. that's t-s-l-a-q podcast and you can become a monthly contributor at different levels uh, there's even a level as low as one dollar per month and even with that one you will get the majority of any premium content that i produce if you'd rather make a one-time contribution and not, rather than be a monthly contributor you could go to the square cash app and search for teslaq podcast or cash.me slash Podcast, that's TSLAQ Podcast. And you can do that there. Also, don't forget the Shorty store is out there at evacuationboy.com with some great coffee mugs and t-shirts. And with that, we'll get back to episode 27, the F word. So what, what all types of fraud is, is it suspected that Tesla may have committed or Elon Musk may have committed? One of the biggest ones, of course, is the bailout of Solar City. There was uh, not full disclosure of information at the time that that was occurring between the the board. Well, a few members of the board of, of Tesla, which Elon Musk and probably Kimball as well, and some of the others, as to the true financial situation of Solar City. As has been evident since Tesla acquired SolarCity, that business line of installing solar units, uh, doing the leaseback thing, is is not going so well. Uh, if you look at Tesla charts, chart of installed capacity over the past twelve quarters, there's a very clear declining trend. So there were and there were many many aspects of that whole acquisition/bailout that probably involved mild forms of fraud. Uh if you want more research, more background on that, you can find the Twitter thread that Tesla charts put together and that's actually been repurposed on teslaq.org as a like a basically a blog post and the link to it is in there. So if you go to teslaq.org and look at the top, near the top of the screen, there's several different links. And one of them is, I think I think the title says Solar City Lawsuit or something to that effect. But uh, there are many aspects of that that may have involved some form of fraud. Before I get any further, I should mention kind of what the impetus for me thinking of this idea for an episode was. And that was the interview that I did with Ed McCabe about a month or so ago where I the the word fraud came up and I could sense hesitation of in Ed's voice of actually calling something out as fraud uh, there's definitely a bit of an aversion to to cry fraud if it's not certain it's almost like crying fire in a theater or something but, With Tesla, there are a number of things that that give the appearance of possible fraud. So in addition to that and some of the other unproven things, uh, last week you may have seen in the news that there was the first ever image of a black hole and the way that was captured was with eight different telescopes around Earth and some different algorithms that were able to interpret what was seen uh watched a video a ted talk from the girl who worked on the algorithm for for putting that image together and and she mentioned that to get a single image uh, to get an image of the black hole from a single telescope or camera the telescope would have to be the size of the earth so basically they used this array of eight different telescopes or around the Earth and based on the rotation of the Earth they're able to to get data from those different angles and then write an algorithm to interpret it and make it into a singular image so that not being able to see every little thing but being able to see enough different things to piece together a picture is very very analogous to the way that Tesla Q views Tesla as a company and Elon Musk as a CEO there are many many things that taken in isolation Tesla bulls are happy to explain away like last week with the the Panasonic news so many people are like oh there wasn't a named source. they didn't name their source so we shouldn't shouldn't take this as meaning anything with the uh, the the worker the worker health issue they're like oh it's just one article with Martin Tripp oh he's just one one crazy guy that was downloading files from Tesla's computer and he's a bad bad man because Elon Musk said he's a bad man with the other whistleblowers oh that's just an isolated thing but when you see it all put together it's not just one isolated thing it's a lot of things that all kind of point back to the same thing and that's that this business is not being run in a transparent fashion uh, i don't know how many times i've seen now that short sellers love when companies attack the short sellers because it basically rings the dinner bell companies that are Profitable, sustainable, and generate cash flows. Don't have to worry about short sellers. Uh, so back to some more things that seem like they could have fraudulent aspects. Uh, one is the reservation list for the Model Three. For a number of quarters in a row, that was uh, reported to be 400, around 400 or 420 thousand. So far, I think about 200 to 250,000 Model 3s have been purchased and delivered per Tesla's reporting, but the demand seems to have fallen off a cliff even after and even after releasing the standard range $35,000 Model 3 which was later later Tesla made it almost seem like they are trying not to sell that, that version by making it much more difficult than to buy any other variants of the Model 3. So that would, based on the demand subsequent to delivering approximately 250,000 Model 3s already, it seems to be a bit suspect that they had 400,000 reservations. Maybe maybe one hundred and fifty thousand. Either were willing to wait this long, or weren't that excited that they rushed out to buy the thirty five thousand dollars version on February twenty eighth when it got revealed. I don't know, but there's there's a little bit of a little bit of suspicion with that number. Another aspect is somewhat fraudulent is the way that tesla portrays their autonomous driving capabilities i i must admit i am not an expert on this whatsoever but navigant research as far as i know is an independent organization i don't think that they're i I have no reason to think that they have been influenced by GM's Cruise or Waymo or any of the other companies that are rated highly in their review of current autonomous vehicle technologies. I'm sure some Tesla people would probably assume that there was some shadiness involved with the, that rating system, but Tesla is clearly in the bottom left corner on the little chart that's been posted time and time again. So I don't know. Uh, we got the Autonomous Day coming up on Monday, April 22nd, so just a, a six days from now. I'm recording on April 16th as I'm driving along the road. I do have a hands-free device, so I'm trying to keep it safe here. And I don't have notes in front of me, so that's, that's why this is going to be a little bit more scatterbrained than the more regimented review episodes. But. That's coming up on the twenty-second. Got Kathy Wood still being so excited about Tesla's autonomous capabilities and how their robo taxis are going to produce so much value. I think I think she tweeted maybe yesterday or on Sunday that each Model Three would generate about ten thousand dollars per year of cash flow as a robo taxi. So the last thing I tweeted before I, I got on the road here was a question to Kathy Wood and Tasha Keeney or Ernie. I forgot exactly what her name is, but they had a a podcast interview with Elon Musk, right around the same time as the uh, SEC contempt matter has been ongoing. Um, But they, so Kathy tweeted that $10,000 of cash flow. So my last tweet, was asking Tasha and Kathy what their plan is to build up a fleet of Teslas within Arc to take advantage of that cash flow. Um, I I believe Elon either retweeted or replied concurring with Kathy's assessment of $10,000 of cash flow per Model 3. Um, As far as I know, Kathy and Tasha and Mark have not replied to my tweet yet. I, maybe they have while I've been driving. It's possible, but I kind of doubt it. Um, somebody tweeted retweeted my tweet and and mentioned that part of what brought the Ponzi scheme down was when people started questioning whether he was actually investing his own assets into his stamp scheme. Uh, so. With this whole autonomous vehicle taxi thing and people assuming that all the profits are going to accrue to Tesla, that, that I don't think they fully thought it through as to who the owner of the vehicles will be and who those profits will belong to, assuming even that Tesla's autonomous capabilities are far and away above everyone else's, uh, there's an, there's an assumption that all these people are making that just because Tesla has the hardware, quote unquote, installed for autonomous driving, that it's been able to record all this data of vehicle miles driven, and that that's training their neural net, they have this huge advantage over everybody else. Navigant's research apparently doesn't agree with that assumption. Based on some people's observations of the amount of data that gets transmitted back from Tesla's to I don't know if Tesla has a central supercomputer or something that's training their neural nets I'm not sure what not sure that part of the the whole equation but based on the data rates that are uploaded apparently there's not not a good chance based on the data rates it doesn't seem like the training would be sufficient. I'm not an expert on that matter, so that's speculation on my part and other people's part, but it would seem that more data would need to be uploaded for it to be useful and for all those millions of miles the Teslas have driven to actually have given them a huge advantage. Uh, one key data point that feeds into that speculation is the report to the state of California of the number of autonomous miles driven on public roads in the year 2018 by tesla which was reported to be zero Uh number of other companies i think if the, from the listing in my memory I, I think there were 50 to 60 companies total on the list that submitted reports and the other ones had actual miles driven on. Uh, reported none so I don't know I don't know if they are reporting zero to get out of regulatory issues or what but that is a data point another item of potential fraud I I know of no confirmed aspects of it but apparently the potential is there more with a Tesla vehicle than with other vehicles maybe with any other vehicle made since 1972 in the US or thereabouts Uh, but the odometers apparently there was apparently the odometers in Tesla aren't the data is not stored in the manner that every other manufacturer stores it and the reason this was begun to be looked into was a few videos on YouTube And there was a video that was on Twitter that showed an odometer reading roll back with an over-the-air update. Apparently that shouldn't be able to happen. So a lot of of the vehicles that are listed for sale on Tesla's site are listed at 50 miles. I'm not sure if that's just a standard number that they use or, or what, but maybe that is just what they end up with their testing on the track or or something before they uh, put up for sale, not exactly sure, but something to look into for somebody, perhaps. Uh, Another another couple items that seem potentially shady. One, of course, is the VIN registration number gap that Tesla charts has been documenting since uh, back in December whether it's incompetence or outright fraud is uncertain whether it's mild fraud it it may just be uh, taking full advantage of some leeway so maybe not truly fraud but that gap does exist out there Whether it's to keep sales tax payments on the books longer, or some other reason, not clear. A theory that's picked up a little bit of steam recently is that the gap, the, the delay in registration of the vehicles is intentional in case of a return. If you're familiar with the Tesla saga and have been following it at all closely, you're probably aware that. There's a seven-day or one thousand-mile return policy for Tesla vehicles. So if you if you don't take a test drive and you buy a buy a Tesla within seven days or one thousand miles, you can return it for a full refund. So some people have suspected that perhaps those returned vehicles are being resold as new after being returned, which is definitely not not a fully transparent business practice. I have no idea if if that's actually occurred or not. There have been several observations that make it appear that that might have been the case in some instances. There also is workers compensation matter, Uh, I believe reveal.com or I believe that was the name of the outlet, that put together a story about Tesla's worker injuries and Pat Watson has been one of the big, big people in regards to this, this item, but apparently all, all the workers who have gotten injured at Tesla, or at least from during some time period. Apparently, they were all called only first aids as opposed to reportables, and that was to get around some some OSHA requirements or something. I haven't actually read up much on this particular item, but it does seem that perhaps it is a rampant and blatant fraud of defrauding the OSHA system, and ultimately treating their workers very, very poorly by not not giving them proper treatment and not compensating them if they were injured on the job. There are news organizations that have been looking into that uh, a lot more closely than than I have. Than I have. I, there's many other aspects of the story to, to pay attention to. Up to this point of the podcast was recorded in the morning. The rest of the podcast was recorded in the afternoon on April 16th. Back to episode number 27 of the Tesla Q podcast. I recorded the first part this morning on my way to my work location, and now it's the afternoon, and I'm on my way home from my work location for the day. So Talking about the F word and how that plays into the whole Tesla story. Talked a little bit about the Solar City acquisition. Talked a little bit about the upcoming Autonomy Investor Day, whatever that's called, uh, on Monday, April 22nd. One thing, talked a little bit about Model 3 reservation numbers. One thing I haven't talked about is. The fact that the Model Three reservation numbers was used as some some of the primary input to capital raises in Tesla's recent past in the year, I think either late in two thousand sixteen or they definitely had some capital raises in two thousand seventeen, and that reservation number was was a prominently displayed figure in the prospectus for those capital at least one of those capital raises maybe more than one so that the the question about the reservation number in light of those capital raises you might consider to to be a degree of fraud another item that proved to be fraudulent is the battery swap that was demonstrated some number of years ago. I think it may have been in the 2013 time range. Ed Niedermeyer apparently has a really good uh, story associated with that that involved hiding behind a bush or something rather. I, I want to hear him tell it sometime and I, I still haven't gone back to read his write-ups about that. But whatever it was, apparently Tesla had this on stage display where they tried to show that they were going to have battery swap capabilities here we sit in April of 2019. And that's not at all something that Tesla offers. And to the best of my knowledge, is not anything that they're anywhere close to being able to offer. If I'm not mistaken, NIO, NIO, uh, the Chinese car company, actually is going to have battery swap capabilities and is building out a network to aid with that. Uh, about 2 weeks ago or maybe only a week ago i started looking back at some some historic message board postings from the 2013 time range as that was a key key time in tesla's share price history when the share price went from being under $40 in late 2012 to being right below $200 in I think September of 2013, which was a meteoric rise that was based on a number of things that weren't necessarily directly related to the underlying business. That meteoric rise is still reflected in the share price today to a large extent. We'll see how long that lasts, uh, especially once March calls start to occur. Another item that proved to be fraudulent so far is the solar roof tiles. Those were demonstrated in late 2016. That was part of the whole solar city acquisition thing. And those still are not available as a product to purchase on Tesla's website or to the general public at all. As far as I know, I think they may have installed something like a dozen or maybe 15 of those. But so far, that's all. Uh, So basically, a prototype or testing level, not anywhere close to early adopter availability level. Also, the Gigafactory 2, quote-unquote, in Buffalo, Tesla received $750 million of the building and whatever. $750 worth of value. $750 million million worth of value from the state of New York in conjunction with promises to provide a certain number of jobs. Governor Cuomo was quoted just within the past week as saying that they're currently on track, but they have to, I think, double from what they, the number of jobs they currently have to be on track, to remain on track as of 2020, which is when the penalties, will become official. Uh, I believe it's $41.2 million for each, each time that the number of jobs hasn't been met. So that would take about 20, 20 instances for that $750 million to be fully recovered, which I I have some pretty serious doubts that that would ever happen. Uh, I guess we'll see if they are able to ramp their solar business back up to the extent that it would make sense to hire those people in Buffalo. It might be cheaper just to pay the fine and not have way more workers than you have worked for. It. So that's not necessarily fraudulent so much as uh, maybe just being over exuberant in the market size that you thought. That be able to hit with those uh solar panels produced in buffalo i don't know but it it raises some questions certainly and dan tellbach and david robinson and wivb up in buffalo are doing a great job of keeping track of that story and making sure that the state of new york doesn't fully get fleeced without people knowing about it so that's another item uh, back to the Autonomy Investors Day that's occurring next Monday. Just before I got back on the road again on my trip home, I saw a tweet from Skabushka that said that apparently they're recording their demo for that right now on Interstate 880 in California, probably near the Palo Alto headquarters, and maybe near the Fremont factory. My knowledge of the interstate system in the Bay Area is basically nothing, but, and I have no idea what the conditions are of that recording or anything. Um, uh, Skabushka's tweet said that apparently there's two cameramen in the back of the Tesla and a GoPro on the trunk and that there are, uh, what else did he say? I don't remember exactly what he said. So he said two cameramen and a GoPro. Uh, and he said it's a model, a Red Model 3 performance, maybe with dual-wheel drive or dual-motor. don't remember that part exactly, but that's ongoing, so look for a Red Model 3 whenever that demo comes out on Monday. Uh, watched a video from Galileo Russell last night, I think he put it together yesterday. Apparently he's going to the, this Autonomous Investor Day next Monday. But he mentioned in his video that he will not be allowed to take video while he's there. So maybe it's not unusual that Tesla would restrict people from making their own videos at Autonomy Investors Day. But they had, there were many, many people at the Model Y reveal that were making videos. So it's not a policy for all Tesla events, certainly. But apparently it is the policy for this upcoming event on April 22nd. Uh, so I made a tweet earlier this morning at about 9.15 Eastern time to Kathy Wood and Tasha Keeney of Mark Invest asking if they were planning to purchase some Teslas and build a fleet so that they could rake in that $10,000 of cash per vehicle per year that uh, apparently they've estimated How having- haven't heard anything back from them yet, and as of right now, while I'm recording, it is 4.45pm Eastern Time, on April 16th, 2019. Uh, that tweet, the, the original tweet that I made, or when I retweeted the tweet that I responded to initially, that tweet had something like 48 likes, and of course no response from Ark Invest yet. There. Apparently, was some other interesting projections made in in a report that Arc put out. I haven't gotten to read the report yet. I I hope to in the very near future. But one of them, I think, was something about uh, natural using uh, battery storage instead of building natural gas peakers would save a bunch of money. And then there was also uh, some projections saying that because the Tesla vehicles would be able to be used. For autonomous deliveries that it might even impact Amazon and Walmart and I wasn't sure if that was just whoever tweeted it being sarcastic saying that that's what was in the ARC report or whether it actually is in the ARC report because I haven't read the report yet I don't know if I'll get a chance to read it word for word but I definitely at least want to skim it um, but that's tangential to the subject of this podcast, which is this particular episode of the podcast, which is the F word, which people obviously want to be careful saying because it may not be true, Um, which that's a, a, a phenomenon that I've noticed that differs substantially between the Tesla bears and the Tesla bulls is that Tesla bears are willing to say that they're unsure about things. They're willing to correct themselves. They're willing to correct each other. They're willing to take correction from each other. Tesla bulls speak as if things are certain. They may on rare occasion correct themselves or take correction from others, but unfortunately that seems to be a bit rare. So that's that's something that I've noticed just as a, it, It's not always true, but it's a generality. There are a few uh, Tesla bulls that, that act pretty respectfully and are willing to listen and incorporate some, some ideas into their own ideas, which mixing ideas from lots of different sources is definitely a much better way to, to come up with new ideas than only getting things from the same sources all the time. So that's part of why I want to read this ARK Invest report. And as I sit here driving, using my eyes, using my own hands and feet to control the vehicle, I'm reminded that I myself am very much looking forward to the day when autonomous driving is safe and available. But, I am simply not convinced that Tesla is far ahead of the game in that regard as of this time. Next Monday should be a very pivotal moment. I've, I've tweeted several times at the PAVE campaign, pointing it, trying to help point out to them just how important this period of time is leading up to the Tesla Autonomous Investors Day. but. There are, there are real risks associated with deploying this technology too early before it's ready. big risk is that the public will turn against it and that could delay the rollout once it's actually ready far beyond what's reasonable. Based on my actual career, I, I've seen substantial substantial instances where public fear outweighing actual risk is extremely detrimental on a number of levels and after tesla goes bankrupt if they go bankrupt i will get into that in much more detail in the future but back to autonomous driving I want to see it happen, I think it is going to happen within the next 5 to 12 years probably. I don't think that Tesla is going to solely have the lead on the technology and I certainly don't think that they're going to have the lead to the extent that massive profits will fall into their lap and not fall into the laps of some other companies that are spending even more money developing this same technological idea that Tesla's spent i it i would be very very surprised if Tesla's autonomous vehicle development research and development program is simply 10 times more efficient than Google's with Waymo or GM's with Cruise or Ford's program or Toyota's program, or Honda's program, or even NVIDIA's program. So that would just shock me if they're somehow just 10 times more efficient in development than all these other companies. Uh, One thing that happens with technological development is that ideas come to fruition at the moment that the technological capability allows them to. It's a concept called The Adjacent Possible. So prior to, there's a really good book that I read a couple years ago. It's called How We Got to Now, I think. Um, Steve Johnson, I think, is the author. But it's a really good book. And each chapter basically talks about a different invention and explores the ways that that invention led us to where we are now. So one one of them was lenses. So lenses allowed people to read like before before glasses, I don't know if people who couldn't see well were nearsighted could even even, I don't know if they even had any idea that they were nearsighted or that such a thing existed so that allowed people to start reading more that maybe couldn't have seen as well before it allowed people to build telescopes and see the stars, which a little bit of discovery happened with that, um, with astronomy and everything. And numerous other things happened just because of lenses and, and glass. I, the, the chapter might have actually been about glass, and it may have had some other other stuff too. But also, back to the lenses thing, also microscopes. So having microscopes and being being able to see things at a microscopic level obviously advanced science a ton as well. Refrigeration. There is a chapter about cold, and it talked about how in the past, they would ship ice from New England down to Jamaica. On So they would just cut off gigantic chunks of, of ice and ship them down. And, but now we have refrigeration, which changed a ton of things. Like the American South, like the state of Florida, How many people would live in the state of Florida if air conditioning wasn't available? Not very many is the correct answer. It would be a terrible place to live if you didn't have air conditioning. So once things are able to be developed, they get developed. A lot of times there are parallel paths in different parts of the world that just happen to occur at the same moment in history, or near the same moment, same moment in history. I, I believe there may have been some examples in that particular book, but there's been other research done as well of the adjacent possible. So currently with autonomous driving, everyone and their brother knows that it would have huge benefits to society in many ways, assuming it's safe, which that's the key, safety. So, there, it's not a secret to anyone how much economic value could be added by having autonomous vehicles that are safe and can do the job. And because it's not a secret to anybody, there's been tons of research and development dollars that have been flowing into this field over the last five years, maybe longer. Long, definitely longer in the case of some companies. So, all these huge companies many of which have far more resources than Tesla, have been working on this problem and trying to solve it. So the fact that there's all these people out there who are Tesla fans, who somehow think that all this windfall profit is going to fall into Tesla's lap because they're so far ahead of everyone else, that just baffles my mind a bit. Like, patents... Patents can protect you to an extent. But even, even if you have the world's greatest patent portfolio, if you can't execute on actually making a product and selling it at the right price point, then you're in trouble. I mean, the best patent portfolio in the world is worthless if you can't actually make it into a useful device at the right cost points and at the right price points. You got to keep in mind value, price, and cost being different things. They're very much related oftentimes, but they're not the same concepts. So Tesla bulls, just keep that in mind that price, cost, value are not all the same thing. And even, even if Tesla has some amazing patent that's enforceable for autonomous driving, there's going to be other pathways that are developed in right around the same time frame because of the theory of the adjacent possible, there's going to be lots of other ways to achieve the same goal that won't be covered by Tesla's patents. And even if Tesla's, even for the ones that are be, are able to be protected by anything, that Tesla gets patented, is Tesla going to have the cash to fund the legal fights that will be at play. Uh, Something just came across the news wires about two hours ago or less from the time I'm recording this with Apple and Qualcomm. I actually don't, I don't know if I even finished reading a headline about it. I just saw that it dealt with their intellectual property battle that's been ongoing for a number of years. And I saw that Qualcomm's share price went up considerably so I don't know where I was going with that but that was that, that's maybe the the most well known example of an intellectual property fight in recent years but my point was that Tesla will need to have the resources to defend their patents even if they have patents that somehow make their autonomous driving far better than everyone else's As I've said, I'm no expert. I don't know if LiDAR is absolutely important for autonomous driving. Many people seem to think that it is, particularly to allow for enough redundant types of detection, Uh, whether visual with the camera, or radar, or LiDAR, maybe something else. I don't know if there's any sonar uh, being used in in any of the developments. I haven't heard of it if there is i don't think um it'd be funny if there was a, a dolphin sound like flipper screaming at the the semi-truck in front of you to make sure that you don't hit it maybe maybe if tesla added sonar maybe they would actually see tractor trailers i don't know uh, the it's a dark joke for me to make and for that i apologize but it brings home the point that I'm just not sure that Tesla's autonomous driving is to it, to the level today that it would need to be for them to have some huge lead on this. So this episode was, was supposed to be more about the F word in general, but due to the upcoming autonomous investors day, that topic has somewhat taken over in my head and I didn't have any notes that probably made this episode a little bit more like scatterbrain than I would hope that most episodes will be. But regardless, remember, remember the point about the, the multiple angles of the telescopes and how you can piece together a picture of a black hole based on data points from a lot of different angles. And just keep that in mind with how you view Tesla and their business practices and come to your own conclusion it's not my job to tell you how to think or anything but I'm coming from a certain perspective of this podcast and I decided to share it with anybody who will listen so if you want to contribute to the podcast and help keep it going strong go to patreon.com Podcast and become a a monthly contributor, or go to cash.me slash TeslaQ Podcast or search for TeslaQ Podcast on the Square Cash app and make a one-time contribution. And with that, we'll call this episode number 27 of the TeslaQ Podcast. Bye bye